This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you. Hey everybody. What's up? Salutations. And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. That's right, and today we are covering a an absurdist. Uh, dare I say nihilistic uh, film from 2010. I'm having a hard time picking up what the hell I'm trying to get across <laughs> to this movie. Well, <laughs> let me let me preface this whole. Okay, so tonight we're going to talk about the movie Rubber, and let me uh, tell a brief little story. A couple weeks ago, it's Fourth of July, and I am at my aunt and uncle's house for the annual Fourth of July BBQ pool party. And I'm sitting there talking to my Uncle Carl. Shout out to my Uncle Carl and my cousin Maddie, who are going to be listening. Um, and we're talking about horror movies, and I was telling about the podcast and what we do. So my Uncle Ronnie comes strolling over, and he says, have you ever seen the movie Rubber? And I was like, I have no idea what that is. No, I haven't. So then his wife, my Aunt Barbara, comes rolling up, like right behind him. Don't watch Rubber. We tried to watch it. He tried to sh- She was bored out of her mind, and he tried to show the kids kids. My cousins were like, this movie is insane. So I promised him that we would watch the movie, and then I kind of extra promised him, unbeknownst to my two co-hosts here, that we would also talk about it on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, this one is dedicated to my family, uh, my Uncle Ronnie, for having us watch Rubber tonight. And I'm going to say right off the bat, before we go any further... This movie was freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I shout out to them too because I really enjoyed this, and it was definitely an experience. Like I, I, I got a lot out of it. So yay! It like certainly was an experience. Why? Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this this is a 2000 film, uh, 2010 film by French director Quentin Dupieux. 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 If I saw the spell in front of me, I might have a shot at it. Depardieu? No. <laughs> was it, Depardieu? Was that race? I, I think that was culturally inappropriate of me. Le croissant. Quentin Depieu. Right. Yes. That's what, that's yep. what we said. That's, that's right. Depardieu. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Jackie, do you want to give us, I mean, really at this point, a synopsis is just as absurd as trying to yeah. figure out this movie. But well, that, what I, okay, like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a synopsis, but at the same time, I think we should just dive right in because this movie straight up just 
breaks the fourth wall like right away. Like the there's a the, the, the sheriff is just comes up to the camera and he's like, Hey, you know how in movies things are like happening and they happen for no reason? That's why they happen. They happen for no reason. And you pretty much get the sense right away that they're, you know, giving themselves carte blanche to do whatever they want in this movie for no reason at all because that's what other movies do. So the movie progresses and you have a crowd of people that are standing in the desert with binoculars watching, I'm going to air quote that you can't see, watching the movie. And the movie is about a tire that is alive and he rolls around and he has the ability to blow things up with his tire mind. And then he stumbles upon a, a motel and he sees a pretty girl with dark hair and decides to follow her around and continues to blow things up with his mind. And he starts with, you know, bunnies and birds and then progresses to people. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And that's that's I mean so and much. And there's more happens. like a film like there's like a, a, a film within a film with the audience itself, yeah. too, where there's, like, an audience with binoculars watching the entire film with right. the rubber tire. And, until they're all poisoned. Until they're, uh, except one. <laughs> except for one. Um, and, yeah, so there's there's a lot going on here, and I think the first thing, if it's okay with you guys, I would like to start with is the whole opening se- sequence, because he, um, that just, that monologue is just so good to me. Like, the whole, like, why is E.T. Brown? No reason. Why do they fall in love in love story? No reason. And he looks at the camera, and at the end he says, all great films contain an important element of no reason. So let's break that down first. What do you guys think of that? I like sausages. No reason. <laughs> no reason. Some people like sausages, and some people don't like sausages. I'm in the pro-sausage camp. Yeah, pro-sausage. Oh, all day. Pro-sausage. But, um, do you, I mean, do you agree that all film is absurdist in its own way i mean i thought that was a really interesting take on art this idea that at the end of the day it hinges on the idea of there being no point to it all and I like think, no i don't know if it's trying to say that i think that it's just trying to like accentuate the hyper realism of the film even the unintentional hyper realism yeah no I, I i would totally agree with you on that one because i think that's an important theme that goes through this whole film and I probably used the wrong word, but... No, hi- hyper-realism is exactly how I would okay. describe it, too. And is it not absurd in itself, like, the viewing of movies? Like, we sit there quietly sometime for an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours, just being absorbed, or uh, just being... I don't know what I want to say. You know what I mean? Like, we just sit there yeah. and watch these movies, and we get so into it. I mean, look at, like, Harry Potter. Like, Harry Potter is, a, a, like, a book series and a movie that so many people love, and you get wrapped up into it, and you, like, you know the characters, and the fact that anybody would ever cry during a movie, you know what I mean? Like, you're so involved in the characters, and you become emotionally invested mm-hmm. in these fake stories. Yeah, and I think that, Jackie, I think you hit one of the most important themes here, and that is that we are ultimately the biggest fools of all for being the audience. They, you know, there's a reason why all of the audience members are like this, this like primitive, foolish, like horrifying group of people, and that's because they want to make it abundantly clear that the audience itself is absolutely the fools. And I think that um, the director is very careful to paint us so unflattering like I watch that audience and I cringe at them every time they're on the screen and that's because I am them and that's because we are ultimately at the end of the day playing the role of the fool being kind of like put in this world for no reason and I think that this this beginning also calls to the idea that 
ultimately a, a theme in this film is that life itself has no reason. You know, I think this is a very existential kind of like nihilistic film at the end of the day where it's all just haphazard and, you know, and I, I, while I don't necessarily subscribe to that, I like the film exploring that theme. It's a very French way of thinking. It's yes. a very, like, I mean, at least demonstrated by, like, their, their, their art. It's a very French way of thinking. Oh, absolutely. And at the forefront of it all is this absolutely adorable tire. I <laughs> it's absolutely, adorable. I, I absolutely, you know what, and I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the, I'm the kind of person that names inanimate objects. So the moment that I saw the tire, I, I was like, oh, it's a tire. Not like that tire. I, I thought that this film did such a good job with conveying the tire's emotion, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Totally. The way that the tone of the film, the setup of the shot, the environment, the music, the the way the, the... the speed of the tire rolling I, around. I know the word that you're looking for, but it's a very long word. <laughs> it's anthropomorphization. Yes. <laughs> I thought they did a very good job, because I, watching the movie, could tell when he was pissed off, when the tire was pissed, when the tire was excited, when the tire was bored. Did you notice that the tire was breathing? Yes. When the tire was breathing, I like I made a noise only audible by my dog because I just thought it was so... Are like, you talking about like, when I was watching TV? No, I'm talking about when I was sleeping. There's a point where like, in the very beginning... Oh yeah, under the tree. Under the tree. Under the tree. When it, when, in the next morning, um, you see the tire breathing. Yeah, and, and the beginning, like I actually clocked it and the first 22 minutes of the film that aren't... Like that happen after they get their binoculars... Is literally just scenes of this friggin' tire going through the the various like scenes that he goes through in the desert and all that and and again it, it reminded me of just what a fool I am as someone who is so intent on finding meaning and like not only to life but also to my art I think I'm guilty of the same thing in life that I am as a film critic and that is grasping at straws to try to figure out meaning and try to find something bigger and more important than me. And I think it, it was such a like punch in the face to that for me. And I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. You know? I, I liked how we got like the tire, like the first the first time we see the tire, the tire gets up and it tries to roll and it falls down. And it tries to roll and it falls down. And it's almost like learning to walk, learning to roll. And then it finally gets going, and then it comes upon a plastic, an empty plastic bottle, and it rolls over, like, timidly, but it rolls over the plastic bottle, and it makes a nice crunching noise, and the blood lust just kind of bubbles just a little bit, and then he finds the glass bottle, and he realizes that he can't just roll over the glass bottle, and he's like, and then he does that weird, what is that, I guess, telekinetic? Is that the right word? Yeah, it's telekinesis. Telekinesis, yeah, to, you know, he starts making the shaking and suddenly you hear, like, kind of the sound of, like, cicadas in the background. Yeah, it did sound like cicadas. It's, it's, I swear to God, that Especially they had to be cicadas. At the, at the, like, the peak of it. Like, uh-huh. right before yes, something right exploded, before, yes. it would be, like, cicadas It sounded like, like cicadas. And melting, when he threw yeah. up the, the bottle, like, I swear, you could just see the excitement in the tire. And then I love that he graduates to, you know, animals. And then he graduates to humans, which just makes me sound like a fucking psycho. Yeah. I've... I want a pet tire with bloodlust. Like, <laughs> as soon as, as, soon as it started it. killing animals, I was like, all right, screw this tire. <laughs> this, this tire's a dick. <laughs> it, it was a bit of a dick move. I mean, at least with the animals, they were kind of innocent. Uh, the people, though, um, uh, when we get to the motel, we start to see a cast of characters at the motel. And this is when I started recognizing people because I guess the manager or the owner of the motel 
is uh, a guy named David. I don't know if it's David Bowie or David Bowie. Obviously not it's, it's the Bo, singer. I is think, it David Bowie? And Bo. I know him from Back to the Beach. I know him from, like, pretty much he's one of those, like, hey, that's that guy from that thing. In, like, every, like, 80s movie, like, TV, looking through the IMDb for a lot of this cast, I think 90% of this cast has been on an episode of Bones, CSI, yeah. Jag, like, all of those, like, just every one of those kind of character actors that are just sprinkled all over in television, they're all in this movie. And actually, the one guy, the guy in the wheelchair, his name is Wings, he's in Tales from the Hood, and he's in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of all, yeah, they're all over. The guy, the, the, the sheriff guy, I forget what I saw him in. But it's, something, really that, familiar it's something that we know. Yeah, it probably is something that I know. But yeah, like I recognized this... uh, Fat Neil from Community, and I'm pretty sure the guy that he was talking to the entire movie with the glasses, I'm pretty sure he was one of the little rascals in the Little Rascals He, he was Glenn from he Gilmore was, Girls. He was Glenn from Gilmore Girls. That's what I knew him from. Okay. He yeah. looked familiar. I'm like, this, That's how looks I like, this looks like a child actor face that I've seen before, but I didn't look into it any more than that. The, the sheriff, is he's in the movie Ravidus, Oh. which we are okay. going to review at some point because I absolutely love that movie. Okay. Yes. Yes. Don't remember, but he said, but the, his credits had Ravenous on it. Oh, there you go. There's um, not that many people. He's probably someone from the beginning. I don't remember. The very beginning when they're all eating the meat and the dude's just thinking about being under a pile of dead bodies. Anyway. I don't know. He had a, a he had a character name, so I don't know. Who knows? Um, but yeah, um, Jackie, I think I think you're supposed to fall in love with the tire. He's. I think this movie is Kafka esque in that. The humans are so nightmarish and, and like, kind of just disturbing and grotesque. And the, in some strange way, for me too, the, the tire was the most human, which is scary because what made him human was absolutely death and destruction and love. So it was, I thought it was very fascinating how much they played with that. And they took the humans and they made them grotesque and horrible. horrible and they took the tire and gave him so much personality, which kudos to that team for making that tire puppet because that thing was legit. Like, yeah. I enjoyed watching that little, yeah. little guy fly around. Yeah, he's uh, uh, Quentin Dupieux. Dupieux. <laughs> I think his, uh, his, his forte is definitely uh, puppetry. So, yeah. it seems to, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I didn't look at his IMDb, but he's definitely done music videos for Mr. Oizo. Oh, Mr. Oizo did the soundtrack for this. I don't know if you know Which I, Mr. Which I can admit, I, I felt like the soundtrack was... And I, I get why, but it was absurd. Like, it really was just mm -hmm. so ridiculous to the point where I was like, okay, I get it. Everything's absurd and there's no reason for everything. Like, that would be my only criticism of this film is that I get it. Like, it was very yeah. heavy-handed. They, they gave themselves the out in the very beginning that they would get, they're going to be able to do anything they want. And it's under this blanket of, oh, just for no reason. So I then they I, could do whatever they want. I think that once the... the the, the curtains were pulled back and you realize that these were supposed to be like theater patrons and these people are like the ushers and stuff in the theater and then once he's like I can't remember what point it was exactly oh it's after after okay so at a point in the movie all the people watching the tire murder people are poisoned by a poison turkey and they yeah. all die except for one guy in a wheelchair and the sheriff's like okay guys it's over we can all go home now and they're like it's a bunch of cops cleaning up a crime scene. And they're like, what, what are you talking about? There's a dead body over here. We're, we're, we have so much work to do. He's like, no, 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 it's cool. Uh, you over there, take your gun out and uh, shoot me. And he, he gets shot in the chest a couple times. He's like, look, it's not real. 
It's not real. We can go. I think once that happened, I started getting way more into the movie. So I was like, oh, here are the layers that I've been searching for yeah. this entire time. The first, like, half an hour, 40 minutes of the movie, I was like, I don't... How... Like, I actually have a first impression, not sure this will hold up for 90 minutes. No, that's fair. <laughs> so I I think it's 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 interesting that you said that it reminded you of them all being in a the theater. Because I think the guy in the, the shirt and tie was a metaphor. This is going to sound a little wacky, but... A metaphor for the uh, the film industry itself, because he gives them the binoculars, and binoculars to me become the symbol of our voyeurism, mm -hmm. because we love watching everything. We love watching real life horror. We like watching fake horror. We like watching the the shit show, which is the American compass right now. We love it all or hate it all, as it were. But we are definitely the fools who are distracted by our entertainment. Like I, I really have this moment of like panic when I think that the movies and the 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 phone and the, the technology is all there to distract me while the rich, crazy, top 2% control everything and I'm just too busy crushing the candy to notice. And I think that this film plays with that. It plays into that fear that we all have that we are so being manipulated by the film industry and by the powerful people and by everybody who just wants us to look at what they want us to look at. And I think this film really kind of captures that theme in a really powerful way. You know, I, I like the... I, I'm glad that everybody got poisoned in a way. I don't know. I thought that was very clever. Dude, the way they ate the turkey was so, like... Yeah, because because we'll gobble up whatever they feed us exactly. No matter how it makes us feel. Yeah, and yeah. we will. And at the end of the day, we're so primitive. We're so quick to you know survival is survival. You know, and like I think that is really shown again when the the guy with the tie, the the guy with the nerdy guy with the tie. Yeah. When he brings out food for the guy in the wheelchair, and the guy <laughs> in the wheelchair is like, "Look, I'm not hungry. I'm not going to eat your food." And then the guy in the tie just sits there eating it. Knowing that it's poison, he just eats it, and then he is poisoned himself. And it's like you know what's going to happen, but they are feeding you this, and you're going to eat it up regardless of the consequences. If yeah. those eclairs were good, they looked good. The turkey didn't look very good, but no. the eclairs yeah. looked very good. And like it had such a like theater of the absurd feel to it, which again goes back to European and French roots, I believe. And and what I think is interesting is that I think we're on the precipice of another moment of absurdist nihilistic literature and and film and everything in our nation because of what we're going through and i think america's really going to push back and become very nihilistic in its in its creativity too i think we're going to look back historically and be like well there was pre-trump and there was post-trump just like there was pre-september 11th and there was post-september 11th so i think that like world war ii ushering in this crazy level of, of the original wave of french you know extremism and and I guess absurdism, I think we're going to see a new wave of that these days, if we haven't already. You know? That's my two cents. This movie also, outside of all of, of, of its themes, I personally think this movie was pretty fun. This movie had, this movie had me chuckling from time to time because that sheriff who, you know, was on the outside of it going like, okay guys, like everybody's dead, like you can go home. Like, go home. It's not real. And then, you know, he's told like, hey, you know, just the, uh, Wheelchair, he's still alive, and he's like, what? He's like, okay, yeah. I may have made a mistake. <laughs> Everyone just forget everything that I said, and it's funny because you can see him. I don't want to say struggling, but he's just like, we have to keep this up. All right, fine. Uh, I'm gonna keep being the sheriff. I'm gonna keep asking you questions, 
I gotta keep trying to capture a tire. This is a movie. <laughs> Let's, what's next? I don't when know. When he's trying to coach the girl with dark hair on what to say. Oh my god, tire. I was laughing they, so, so they hard. Try, so they, they find out, it's, it's found out that the tire is in fact the quote-unquote person that's blowing up everybody's heads. So they track the tire down. He, he ends up, the tire ends up causing mayhem, and there's just all these, you know, headless bodies all over. They track down this tire in a house. And so what the sheriff comes up with is they put a mannequin with a dark wig on to resemble the dark-haired girl from the motel, and there's a speaker around her neck, and she is, you know, several yards away in a surveillance van with the sheriff, and he's coaching her on what to say, and she's saying things like, come on out, tire, come blow me up. You need to kill me. You're a slut. You're a, you're a rubber slut. You need to blow me up. What's wrong with you? you so they're trying to go. So the mannequin's back. The man on the mannequin's back is a bunch of dynamite. So their thought is the tire will blow her head up, and then that will set off the dynamite, and the dynamite will blow up the tire. Because it's got to be exciting. Because it's a yes. movie, and you want a big Michael flourish Bay. at the end. Come on, yeah. we need a big so of course that doesn't work, and the tire <laughs> blows up the mannequin's head, and then nothing happens. So the sheriff is just like, fuck this, and like walks into the house with a gun. Shotgun. And, and then he comes out with like just a strip of rubber, like here, it he's so done. And then you think like, wow, like we got him. Well then like this little, little, oh, the little tricycle, tricycle, this tricycle comes out. So now whatever that was that was in within the tire is now in the tricycle. And then, of course, the tricycle starts to wreak a little bit of havoc. And what's great at the end is the tricycle is just going down the street to, you know, <laughs> suburban America. And he's got, like, it's an like army followed. of tires yeah. behind him. Like, as he's driving, like, you know, puddling himself down the road, like, you just see tires kind of coming up from the ground, like, you know, that have been, like, knocked over or buried or whatever. And then at the end, he's got, like, a fucking army of tires behind him. Yeah, and I love the scene where, um, was, is it the tricycle that blows up the guy in the wheelchair? Yes. Because I love that the guy in the wheelchair is the last of the audience, so he's the last of us. And he's like, dude, I'm not I'm not a part of this. Like, I'm just watching. Like, you can't you can't blow me up. Mm-hmm. And not only does his head blow, but his whole body yeah. explodes. Yeah, which Yeah, like so the the, the tricycle's more powerful. I think my favorite part is after he drops the the, the remains of the tire that he just shot up with a shotgun, which they didn't even show you. Yeah. He just goes in the house while the dude's been sitting in the wheelchair outside and just drops he's like, fine. And he's like, hey, I think it reincarnated into a tricycle. And the dude doesn't even turn around. The sheriff is done. He's like, I'm done. Yeah. I think he says, the end, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I, lo- I love that, like, when that guy blows up, it's such a big fuck you to us as the audience because I feel like, at the end of the day, we are expendable, and at the end of the day, he tries to act like he's not part of it, but we are. You yeah. know, like, we're always involved in the violence. Like, we are always, like, it's it's the same reason why the first-person point of view films will mess with your head so badly, is because you feel like, this is too real, this is, I'm too involved in this, but at the end of the day, blowing him up is such a great, like, we don't need you. Like, the art will exist with or without you. Yeah. To heck with the critics, to heck with everybody. I think there's this moment in this film that's very, like, liberating in that, you know, and I think the director, I, I read a few interviews with him, and he said, he was like, I absolutely wanted to to make this kind of an F you to the critics and F you to the people who don't get the art, because you don't get to say what's good and what's not, and so I'm just going to blow them all up, like, yeah. to heck with it. And I, I loved that. I thought that was really interesting. I think that guy at the end, though, I think that's also, him trying to say he's not a part of it, I think that's also the, the director's way of saying that, yes, like, you, you are a part just by, Agreed. like, you can't just turn on a movie and have it work. Like, you need to contribute, and it sounds crazy, but you need to, like, contribute, and, like, 
as lovers of horror movies, we should all understand this. Like, you need to, like, put yourself into the movie or else it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. If you're, like, detached and you're watching a movie, it's never going to affect you. It's never going to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you on that one, Nate. And I think at the end of the day, you know, art doesn't exist without the audience, but the audience doesn't exist without the art. You know, it's like the whole, like, which comes first, you know? Um, so, yeah, so I, I absolutely love this. It reminded me of what a happy accident my life is. Why are we sitting here right now? No reason at all, you know? Like, it's, and it, it somehow it warmed me in a way that it usually doesn't, which yeah. I found interesting. I think I liked it. I liked it, um... Like, from a distance. I probably wouldn't rush back to this movie. Because there is a lot of... Just watch an entire world end. That's true, yeah. yeah. I, I may have yeah, I may have gone a little... shots disengaged. of nothing. Yeah, I don't and think... And then people being like, oh, we gotta justify this. I, I saw it roll down the other street. Like, it just cut the people saying, like, who cares? Like, there's a lot of that in this movie. And I get it. It's for... There's a reason that it's like that, but it's still not... You can rather watch something more full of things for me to latch on to. I don't think this is a movie for everybody. I think Agreed. I think I don't know what that specific type of person is that would enjoy this is, but I don't think this is for everybody. This is not a movie, yeah, that like I'm ever gonna be like, hmm, what do I want to watch tonight? You know, hmm, yeah. I'm watch Robert. Probably not. If I'm hanging out with uh, like some friends and maybe there's some people that like really enjoy movies, you know, or I don't know. Like I, I can't think of a specific group of friends outside of the two of you where I'd be like, hey, let's watch Rubber. You know, like, I, don't, I can't see any of my work friends like, hey, let's all hang out and watch Rubber tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't want to I don't want to sound like elitist. I don't think that's the right word. No, I don't, no, no. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you are. I think that it's just the, the things that this movie is trying to talk about are big ideas. And it's not really about any particular event that happens in the movie. It's about the entire movie. It's, um, I don't know, it's... So you watch something like Eraserhead or something, and it's the same type of idea where they're talking about big ideas, but there's there's more, there's more like moment-to-moment stuff happening that can keep you, like, involved. And this is just a really strange, unique type of movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. A couple questions. It, is the theme of, like, the absurdism too heavy-handed in this? Like, do they really pound you over the head with it? in a way that is insulting to us as a relatively intelligent audience. I think they pound it over your head, but I don't think it I don't think it's insulting. To me, I think because they were pounding it over your head, but I have never seen another movie do that before mm-hmm. that I took it as like a unique experience and kind of welcomed it because this isn't the same old stuff that's usually being churned out time and time again. Uh, to me, this movie was kind of refreshing. And I mean, and I say that with this movie being eight years old, this movie this movie was really refreshing. It was something different. It was something new. They absolutely pounded you over the head with it. But to me, it was like it was just a it was a fun ninety minutes. Yeah, that's that's fair, Nate. Um, yeah, probably. But anything that's trying to talk about like like big concepts like this, like you can't do it really in a subtle way, or it ends up getting lost. I don't know. I I like to think you can trust your audience a little more than they trusted us. Well, I think that that was just the fact that they they made this into a 90-minute movie or or 80-whatever minutes. Like, I I feel like if this was a short film, you would never say anything like this. Yeah, true. You wouldn't wouldn't be talking about the heavy handedness, but you had 90 minutes to think about it. Yeah, while I was watching the tire roll through the desert. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So my other question that jumped into my head was, is 
the absurdest film ever worth it? Is there a reason to watch no reason? Yeah. Okay. I think so too. I just couldn't wrap my brain around it enough to, to be like, here's the reason why absurdist matters. <laughs> it's the same reason why like, I'll look at like when somebody makes a, you know, a piece of poop into art. I'm like, I will defend that as art, but I don't get it. I'm having trouble defending why I love this movie so much. Like, yeah. I'm like, why did I like and it? And I'm definitely not the person, like, I'm not a lover of the yeah, absurdism. Was, like, that's really not, like, this shouldn't be my kind of movie. I was surprised that you liked it. I'm not going to lie. I really did, yeah. I yeah. really did, but yeah, because I am certainly not a fan. Like, you know, I want to watch a movie, and I want to turn my brain off. Like, I want to just sit and watch. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not into, you know, the deeper meaning stuff usually. Like, it's just, you know. Yeah, me neither. Oh, oh, no, that's why. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't know. Like this, this isn't, this isn't normally what I would go after. And I probably, if it hadn't come from uh, my uncle's recommendation, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know though. Reading the synopsis, that where it's just like you know, a homicidal tire travels down like a desert road, exploding heads. That I don't know. That kind of that hooks me. Like that, that gets me. You know, like okay, I'm gonna check. I'll check that out. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm interested in that. In that storyline, you know, that plot, the whole idea. Like, and when you watch the trailer, that's what you see. So the whole, the whole trailer, everything I heard about it, and then I watched it. I had no idea that it was kind of like wrapped up in this absurdist, you know, hard taco shell on the outside. It had to be though, because it's about tired. No, I, 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 <laughs> I, I appreciate it. But yeah, like I said, when you watch the trailer, you have no idea. Imagine, like, a normal movie with just a tire going around, blowing people's heads up. <laughs> like, but, but have it be, like, scream. That's what I'm saying. Like, it had to be something, like, bigger than just a movie about a tire. Because, like, it's, it's a crazy topic for a movie to be about at all. I also very much enjoy, at the end, when we're going through our credit scene, the tire. His name's Robert. No, I didn't notice that. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, he goes through and like you know they, they have like it's the kind of ending where you know they show a, a quick scene and still of a person in the movie and they you know have their little name written up there. So oh, I have one more fun question. Okay. Does art imitate life or does life imitate art? Art imitates life. No. What? <laughs> life are you imitates about? art. Huh? I I disagree. Okay, explain. Okay. <laughs> I wait, 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 Marissa. You have two minutes. You have two minutes. Okay, here's my argument, right? We are, we always want to be creating art. Uh Um, Whether it is, you know, movies, books, films, whatever. Movies are films. But we, I think we want our, our life to be like our art. So I think that we tend in our moment in history, I'm not saying like the cavemen. I'm talking about us in the year 2018 in, in civilized first world America are, are absolutely trying to mimic the art around us. I think we're, I just think, I don't know. I think that in this particular moment in time, we are so obsessed with our lives looking like the movies and the shows and everything else that we're obsessed with. It's why we are obsessed with social media. It's why we're obsessed with taking pictures of ourselves. I watched a girl today at the beach sit there and for 15 minutes pose herself. See, I feel differently about that. Okay. I feel like, I feel like the internet has made everyone into a crazy, narcissistic maniac who 
who is just trying. I don't think it's as much the media as it is just these different groups. It doesn't. It doesn't really. I mean, the media definitely helps define these groups because you'll have like you know group that's likes this type of thing, group that likes this type of thing, but. It's all just about how do I fit myself into all these different pegs and holes because it's all about me anyway, but which one am I? I just think the internet, specifically social media, is just, it's bad. I don't, I don't disagree. Because it makes everyone feel like they're the center of the universe. Right, which is why we all think we're living in a movie. Does that make, I don't know. That's, that's why I think we're at a point in our history where we try to imitate our art and it's Muy peligroso. Yeah, people be crazy. Yo, yeah, people you, do be crazy. All y'all yeah. need to disconnect a little bit. Oh, I agree. Especially all y'all need to disconnect. I can say this as someone that grew up in an age before any of this shit existed. That's true. <laughs> like, like the girl on the beach today. I was like, it might not have been, you? And, you know, bad, bad stuff. You know, people got away with bad stuff a lot more back then. But at the same time, like, you were able to, like, keep yourself a little bit more grounded. Because everyone's going bananas now everyone's going crazy now i i'm with you here's here's my weird internet story so i was in the doctor's office this was like a couple months ago and i'm sitting next to a girl and i recognized her and i almost said hi and started talking to her and then it dawned on me that this woman doesn't know me but i know her because i'm facebook friends with her husband and i you know knew her husband from high school so, because of Facebook and all the pictures that he puts up of his family, I recognized her. Yeah, and it was like, everyone was like, hey, what's up? How are the kids? You don't know me. Really? You don't know me yep, yep, at all, no but way. I know you because your husband puts up pictures of his family on Facebook. So, did you think it would have been weird to be like, hey, girl? Yes. yes. No, I would I would be perfectly okay with that. Yeah, no, I don't know how a stranger's going to react to be like, you don't know me, but I see your face on my Facebook feed all the time. What's up? How's your son's? Like, I, I can't, like, it's... Oh, it's, yeah, I guess. I see that. Like, it's, it's, it's a little weird. It's like, if I was friends with Matt... Well, Matt doesn't post anything, but you know what I mean. Unless like, it's an angry rant. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, let's pretend that Matt put up pictures of, like... Let's pretend he, he liked us all enough yeah. to put up pictures of us. And, sure. you know, you didn't know me, but I went to high school with Matt. And then I see you, and I'm like, oh, hey, how are the girls? Like, how's... You know? Oh, see, I, I don't know. Like, that's... Isn't interconnectivity one of the few... Like, I feel I like know, if so I were sitting some... at a doctor's office and somebody like, hey, girl... Like, I know you. Oh, my God. I'm friends with your husband. I'd be like, oh, my God, no way. Like, I don't know. Here's the way I look at it. We're too interconnected now. Now now groups that are supposed to be ostracized from society feel like they're part of society again. Because like the involuntary incels? Those little scumbags? I'm talking more I'm talking more about, like, people that we can all agree are garbage. Like, like incels? No. Incels, incels are not necessarily... I'm not trying involuntary to Involuntary celibate. Like, they basically can't, they complain and act like their life is so terrible because they, they can't connect with other human but beings. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, like, you know, people that belong to NAMBLA, people that are in the, <laughs> people that are in the KKK, before, like, they might have felt, like, on the outskirts of society, and they would shut the hell up. Or they deserve to be. Shut the hell up and leave the normal people alone, and now they have access to every single other NAMBLA person, every single other KKK person, all in one spot. It's so easy to get everyone together. And even though, like, the good groups are getting together, all the bad groups are getting together, too. And everyone thinks that everything is okay. Yeah, I blame our president for that more than the internet, but that's just me. It's just it's just <laughs> how the internet works. I don't know. I'm just happy that, like, I, I, I will tell you, like, I'm one of those, like, 
voyeuristic Facebook people. Like, I will sometimes just randomly pick one of my Facebook friends. Like, you know, and it's obviously somebody I know, because I'm, I'm not friends with anybody on Facebook that I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have, like, random Oh, me people. either, yeah. Like, yeah, everybody, everybody on my Facebook page, I know. So, like, I'll, like, sometimes randomly just, like, pick one of my friends, and then just kind of, like, stalk their page, and hope I don't accidentally like something from 2009. Oh, yeah, you know? I like, like we all do that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody I does I that. like the whole voyeuristic Nate, thing. Nate, stop it. I I, I'll tell you, though, I, I also... Try, I try to remain as disconnected as possible. And that's and, fine. And, like, and, and be, because I find myself getting into those rabbit holes, but I'm like, this is like, I'm, I don't really talk to this person. I'm not really involved in their life, but I know all this, like, weird, intimate stuff about them. It kind of bugs me out a little bit. Well, you know what? Think about it this way. Like, think about the stuff that we talk about on the show. Like, we've revealed stuff about personal our stuff. personal stuff about our life, and I'm sure that there are people who listen to the show that don't know us from Adam. Like well, I know that we yeah. have, yeah. Like I know that we have uh, people that listen to the show that don't know any of us personally, and maybe just found us. I mean, I looked at some of our demographics, and there's one person in Indonesia that listens to the show. Yeah, what's well, up, Indonesia? Um, but like we, like how how weird is that? Like I think about podcasts that I listen to, and it's like I know details. I feel about like these I know people, these people, and I feel like yep. I know these people. Like I feel like. You know, I watch people, like, vlog on YouTube, and I'm like, they're my friends, and I feel like I can walk up to them and be like, oh my god, I saw pictures from your wedding, it was gorgeous, I'm sad I wasn't invited, like, what's going on? And between, you know, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all of social media, like, everybody just kind of puts everything out there. And now I know some people, you know, like, I, like my boyfriend, like, he could not give less of a shit about social media, and he doesn't. He doesn't use social media. He doesn't put anything out there. And he kind of is just like, eh, you know, Facebook. Which is fine. Because if you don't like Facebook, you don't have to like Facebook. Don't use it. That's cool. I like Facebook. Like, I will take a selfie and I think I'm pretty and I'll put it up on the you internet. And, you know, like, uh, to me. But here's the other thing, too. I'm not going to put anything on Facebook that, like, because I know that people are concerned about, you know, privacy issues and like I don't need like strangers looking pictures of my kids or things like that and I get that like I get you wanting to protect you know your little bubble but at the same time like it's the internet we know how it works like if you're gonna put something on Facebook like please don't think that you can hide that from like other groups because if you put something on the internet I feel like it's fair game yeah yeah but I feel like when you put something on the internet even though all that other information that correlates to be like you are not you are not like any of your singular interests. You are not any single Facebook post that you make. You're you're a person. You live and breathe, you have complicated, messy opinions, and you can't distill that into an internet post every time you do it. Like it's always gonna people are gonna read into it different ways. And that's that's what I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah. Is that people will like twenty different people will look at the same thing and see a different no, that's even fair. though it's one set of words right. do you know what I mean and, yeah. and if I can't like if I can't talk to you like face to face and like help you understand like what I'm trying to say that's it like you are so like when you say like you watch like vlogs and all this stuff on YouTube that's your your mind is filling in blanks on those people because you don't know everything about those people you don't know everything they, they went through in their childhood and their, all the relatives and all that stuff and I don't know. I feel like it's it's scary because people feel like they do know these people, oh, and yeah. they start they start like projecting onto people. And I don't know. But like I, I can't really complain too much because we all use the internet. We're all trying to self promote. We're all trying to try, try and get out there too. But it's just like 
It's probably, it's not, it's ones and zeros. It's not people. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Yeah. And I still feel like it's enough of, this this technology age is is still in, I don't want to say it's in, in its infancy, but I still think it's in a toddler or young child age still. I still think we're working out the kinks of how to live our life with this kind of technology at our fingertips. Here's how I feel. I feel right now these truths that I'm talking about do not occur to 99.9% of the populace. And I feel like after a couple of generations go on, like after, you know, after we, like our grandkids are, are, are coming up on the internet, I think they're going to look at it differently. And they're, they're going to start to think of it differently because enough things are, are happening that make, are making you reevaluate how you look at the internet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you guys are saying. I will say that, like, I have certain people who I consider friends that I only know through the internet, which sounds creepy because maybe they don't see me as friends. But, like, I think of, like, writers that I've worked with or, like, even, like, people who are in certain film festivals or film, you know, like, writing camps or whatever. And and I like that, like, I feel connected to these people. And I also feel, like, on the plus side, for someone like me who did grow up not really good at connecting with other human beings, it's kind of nice to find tribes. Like, I feel like I have... I know a whole group of people who are women who are horror writers, directors, cr- critics, and, and that really warms my heart. Like, it makes me feel so much more normal and, and whatever that word means. And, like, I, I feel connected to some of these people. I would say there's at least 15, 20 people who I am friends with and could probably name 15 things about these people and I've never met them before. And granted, that's going to change. Like, I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of them. But, you know, I don't know. Like, I completely agree with you guys, and I completely agree with Nate's statement that eventually people are going to see just how screwed up this addiction to technology really is, and hopefully they'll fight back against it. I but I just, so. I just hope it doesn't like end our society before we do that. You know, like I don't, I don't think it is. As, I as, do. as long as we get well, no, because a lot of media now is uh, like, especially like stuff like Black Mirror and stuff like that. Is folks like I'm noticing more and more in media that I'm watching that it's subtly trying to talk about like using the internet to, to paint people with broad brushes and you know look at someone's tribe and, ass- and assign all these characteristics to like any single person in that specific like a group you know what i mean like i don't know it's just i'm not talking about anything in particular i'm just talking about everything on the internet because every single group does it every single group does it where it's like these are the rules and this is how you should be and blah blah blah, blah and this is it. This is who you are now. It's uh, it's really fucking messy and complicated, and people don't look at it that <laughs> way. They look at it very black and white, and it's crazy. Crazy. If everybody could just post pictures of, like, their pets. Yeah, more cat pics. More dog pics. More dog Let's pics. go. You got, you got yeah. like, a little, like, bearded dragon. Those guys are fun. Oh, they're cool. You know? Show me a video of your bearded dragon eating, like, one of them little mealy worm things. That's cute. But, you know, rubber, about a tire that comes Yeah, yeah. This was a fun little film. Yeah, what, what happened? What, what are we, we talking we about? Got <laughs> what happened. are we talking about? <laughs> all this crap. So, I hope you guys enjoyed our episode on the movie Rubber. Again, shout out to my Uncle Ronnie for suggesting this movie. Um, I know that nobody else in the family really liked it, but I got your back, Uncle Ron. Uh, we are on your team with this one. So... <laughs> He's gonna be so excited. I just know it. he's gonna. I'm gonna have to tag him when I yeah, upload this. Yeah, totally. I'm gonna tag him all on Facebook. 
so don't forget to check us out on social media. You can just search Jersey Ghouls all over and you will find us. You can listen to our podcast pretty much everywhere. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, I'm pretty sure we're going to be there. And please don't forget to check out our website, jerseyghouls.com. You're going to find our podcast, you're going to find our blog, and you're going to find movie reviews uh, and just kind of the ongoings of the ghouls themselves. So check out jerseyghouls.com. The end. Like in the uh, in rubber. The end. Bye. The end. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.